control. You need help. Huh? I know what you're going through. I, too, once fell under the spell of opium. It was 1979. I was traveling the Yangtze in search of a Mongolian horsehair vest. Oh, I got to the market after sundown. All of the clothing traders had gone, but a different sort of trader still looked about. Just a tasty scent. That was all it took. Mr. Peterman, I don't know what's going on here. I am not addicted to anything. Oh, Elaine. The toll road of denial is a long and dangerous one. The price? Your soul. <laughs> oh, and by the way, you have till five o'clock to clear out your desk. You're fired. Hello once again, Stargate darlings. We are watching the episode Cure. Or I was thinking it was called The Cure. Um, referring to, of course, this drug that everybody's taken here. Um, but, um, yeah, here's a funny tidbit from the world of selling books. Uh, all the databases have the words the or a uh, removed from titles. So I've just been letting that bleed over from my, <laughs> my work. And every time I read a title that's like cure, I just immediately assume that it has the word the in front of it. Or possibly a, a cure, the cure. But actually it's just called cure. Written by Damien Kindler, directed by Andy Makita. Now, Damien Kindler is showing a talent for involved, plotty, charactery, uh, the scripts. His, his plots and his stories pick up all these loose dangling threads and, like, they uh, wrap them up into some very complex problem and it is difficult for our characters to unravel. Andy Makita, the director. God, so boring. I'm sorry, I mean, he and I share a name. <laughs> but, uh, this episode was very boring for me, I have to say. There weren't... I mean, it was really just a, a classic Stargate mystery plodding along, laboring along from plot point to plot point slowly, and really at no time were there any like, choices made about, you know, how to give this some zing, some pizzazz. Um, it was all just kind of like, here's some people in frame, and they're saying words, <laughs> which are causing the characters to be in tension with one another. Let's do that for around about 39 minutes. <laughs> Gosh darn it. I just, I just wanted some, some, you know, sparkle, some anything to liven this up. God, it was like being back in season one again, just plodding along on some alien planet where there's a, a tricky problem to be solved that requires a mixture of Jack O'Neill's brashness, a mixture of uh, Samantha Carter's technical insight, uh, Tilk's lived experience in the hands of the gold, and Daniel Jackson's uh, <laughs> theological curiosity and optimism. Well, hot dog it. We've got all those ingredients right back, and it's it's honestly like season one all over again. And I I just yeah, I, it's a little bit of a shame because the the story is very very cool. Um, I've been 
telling you that this is coming and this does get further developed in season six. Um, this whole, can we get people off dependence on symbiotes and these people on Pangar? Pangar? <clears throat> They're just the first. The implication of this is that the Jaffa may be able to uh, take a similar thing. You know, it's it's kind of like, um, you know, you're going on a diet because you're fat and you don't like eating your vegetables. So you go on a diet and drink these powdered shakes, which are just, you know, blended up vegetables. <laughs> you know, you got to eat your gold symbiote somehow. You got to get your five servings a day if you're going to be healthy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, what have I got? I've got some notes about the episode, but I don't know if we're going to really go through them. Um, it was amusing. Yeah, again, the the amusing parts of this episode come from the writing, not the directing. But it was amusing, uh, the people making first contact with Earth. But it's viewed from the other side, about they're expecting the geniuses to come through. <laughs> it's, of course, Jack O'Neill. Um, did you notice this, that Christopher Judge's head disappears when they come through the Stargate? The the blue screen special effects were like bleeding over onto his head and half of his head disappears. <laughs> He's standing slightly to the side in the background in this shot when he comes through the gate. But it's quite amusing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Jonas is playing Daniel Jackson and it's kind of nice to see him like finally out on a mission. Uh, the fact that this episode is very reminiscent of season one, um, but with Jonas in the sort of the placeholder role of Daniel Jackson, it's kind of like Jonas's first real plotting Stargate SG-1 alien planet mystery episode. <laughs> he should be smiling. I gave it um, two points as a slight reference or homage to the movie The Mummy with What's her name? Liza, played by uh, Rachel Weisz. Because um, that's what this blonde lady is in the episode. Zell, what's her name? Z something. Um, she's kind of like, my father was studying this and I can read ancient <laughs> Egyptian hieroglyphs. <laughs> Don't read from the Book of the Dead. Um... And of course, she has some mysterious message to tell everyone. It's not so simple. Um, and we, yeah, this this civilization that they discover again, classic season one era <laughs> tropes here. Colonel O'Neill is trying to trade and negotiate with these people, and they are dummies. They are classic dummies. They're like, what's wrong with the gold? We might, you know, you can't tell us what to do with our society. <laughs> Jack O'Neill is just headed up to his neck with these people. Um, and no Daniel to buffer him now. <laughs> Zena, is that her name? Um... She's being weird. She has nothing to say now. She kind of hopes that they'll search her room or something. Um, gosh, when they're walking around and talking to these people on this planet, I can't help thinking everyone in the galaxy is so fucking white. Ugh, it's like Caucasian galaxy. <laughs> That's why it's called the Milky Way. Ugh. Um... What's happening? Uh, Jonas and Tilk, they sneak off to the warehouse to discover 
of course, that Soylent Green is made of people. <laughs> it's people. We have to tell everybody. We have to warn them. It's made of people. Soylent Green is made of people. I'm Charlton Heston. Um, so, yeah, so when they discover the gold symbiote, it's a little bit like Soylent Green. And it's also a little bit like the movie Equilibrium, um, written and directed by Kurt Wimmer, starring Christian Bale, one of his kind of earlier roles before he was super big. Um, great movie. It's a little bit like The Matrix, a little bit like 1984, and it involves everyone in this post-apocalyptic society. It could be a Stargate SG-1 episode, actually. It involves everyone in the society having to regularly dose themselves with this drug that keeps them uh, unfeeling. They're not allowed to feel things. And so it's obviously very symbolic and whatever, and there's your story, you know, as soon as this one super cop guy, you know, he's a bad man. He's an executioner and stuff, and then he starts feeling things, and he has to keep it a secret, and he starts seeing the society falling apart, and it's, it's oppressing people, and it's evil, and he changes his mind and meets the resistance, and they, yeah, blah, 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 blah. It's, a, it's a reminiscent of that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, anyway, Jonas falls into a vat of symbiotes. He should be smiling. First time falling into a vat of symbiotes. So Tilk can sense what they are, or maybe he just recognizes them, but I noticed that this would be a prime example, uh, sorry, a prime opportunity, I guess, for Tilk to be standing there going, they are in fact gold symbiotes, many of them, and then Sam Carter could be right beside him saying, yeah, you're right, I can sense them, and then Jack O'Neill, on the third shoulder, backwards, says, you know what, I can, f I can too. You know, that would clear up this little mystery that I've been perpetrating here on the podcast about whether or not Jack O'Neill has any lingering residual Tok'ra Naquita in the blood sensitivities um, that, of course, Jolana gave to Samantha Carter and etc. etc. Apparently, it, through this episode anyway, the, the question will go unanswered. Um... One guy gets taken over by a, an immature symbiote, and it causes um, this interesting tidbit of Jafar backstory from Teal'c, that that's why the Jafar actually exist, is to uh, get the immature symbiotes to a sort of greater state of being and, and whatever. That was great, uh, you know, example of what I was just saying. Damien Kindler picking up all of these threads from throughout the previous universe and the canon and the story, the story threads, picking them up, sewing them together. Um, he's a real details guy. Like, this is what he's showing us. Um, and uh, But anyway, it's revealed that uh, all the symbiotes are coming from the Tok'ra Queen. Yes, Queen. Um, the Tok'ra, the two Tok'ra people who come, of course, there's that, that one guy from the previous episode, is his name Malik? Super frowny, serious dude. And then there's this lady who comes with him, and I gather she's a, um, a Star Trek actor, actor, um, which Stargate occasionally borrows, but as I've said many times before, I live in New Zealand, we were not really privy to Star Trek at all, um... And so I don't get any of the Star Trek references. They blow right past me at warp seven. 
is that one? Is that a thing? Is that one? <laughs> Did I do it? Um, but anyway, my note here just says, man, she looks so uptight. You know, the, the costume they've got her in, it looks like it's made of fucking metal and it's choking her to death. And she's just like starved of oxygen, <laughs> struggling to breathe. That's just the impression I get from this uptight Togra lady that comes to visit. Um, Dr. Fraser is there and General Hammond has no lines in this episode, but he's there and says that Tritonin is a drug and they're all hooked on it. And um, then we get some explanation about Zena's father was the one responsible for blah, 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 blah. I don't care. This episode is so boring. You may have noticed I've only given it two points so far. And guess what? I'm only going to give it two more points for a total of four points. Uh, the, the plot thickens because we get the reveal of Ra's enemies means it's, it's a Tokra queen. And there's a push and swell there for one of those points. And then... Um, after everyone's, you know, asking the impossible of both sides, give us our queen. No, we need it. Hmm. This seems irreconcilable. And then another push and swell um, when it's revealed that the other Toker lady gave herself up and all of that, blah, 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 blah. So like I said, only four points in the episode. And then at the end, my last note says, let's face it, to the Toker, we're just a nice place to live. <laughs> Um, actually, that's my second last note. My last note just says, terrible, underline, period. <laughs> this episode is very unengaging. For an episode that is so well written, it is not, it has not been a fun <laughs> experience. This puts it, the four point total, puts it in the category next to uh, the episode New Ground, which incidentally featured one of the same actors, the super angry general commander guy. He was the super angry general commander guy in the episode New Ground. So maybe that's the connective tissue there. Maybe that's the link. Um, but I, I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, it's a shame. But uh, I was, I, this is just one of those episodes where... I was watching it and I did, you know, okay, did the opening credits and then suddenly started finding things around the house that I needed to do. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll just watch two more minutes and then I just need to um, wipe the bathroom mirror. It's a bit, yeah. And then, uh, oh, I've got to put on a load of laundry. Um, I might just make a cup of tea, actually. Okay, five more minutes. <laughs> just got to move some of these towels from a different cupboard. Okay, two more minutes. and Mmm! Gosh, I gotta open some windows, get some air going through here. We've got some condensation indoors. <laughs> it's just, it took me like three hours to get through this episode. It was just, couldn't hook me. I was just like waiting for the hooks to come out and hook into me. And it's, like I said, it's a shame because it really does start from a good question with Damien Kindler picking up the story thread of where do baby Tokras come from? That's a great starting point, and the story that we get in this episode was uh, really worth it. And it's important info, very important info going forward. Just a shame that visually and like pacing and, and everything, the tone was just so sleepy. And I think that's all I have to say. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> Hope I'm not being too cruel on our beloved Stargate. Um, Oh, there's my phone. 
Oh, there's my phone again. <laughs> um, see, things around the house. Gotta do. Gotta 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 get back to work. Um, I was just gonna say, if I'm correct in remembering, the next episode is called Prometheus. Then, oh boy, are you in for a treat? I can't wait for that one. See you next time. Bye bye.